Hello, you're listening to Drawn to the Flame, a podcast for fans of Arkham Horror, the card game. We're sometimes fortnightly, we're sometimes monthly. I'm your host, Frank, and today I'm not quite joined by Peter, unfortunately. Sorry to deprive everyone who's fans of It's Me, Peter, from that special moment at the start of episodes. But I will be joined by him later in this episode, so I should probably explain what the fooey is going on. And I imagine listeners will probably be guessing quite quickly as well. So, a little bit of story time. Last week, which is the first week of March, if you're listening to this later, 2020, we got the go-ahead from Asmodee that we were definitely running games at the UK Games Expo at the end of May. And we're going to be running the blob, which was super exciting, hoping to do the biggest blob in the UK. Sounds disgusting, but yeah, hoping to run the biggest event of the blob that ate everything. And on the weekend of the 14th and 15th of March, I think it was Saturday the 14th of March, Peter and I sat down and recorded our intro to what we're doing at the expo and encourage people to buy tickets with a little COVID-19 warning on it but with the sense of let's just monitor the situation and see. We also then recorded the second part of this episode, which is the two of us talking about Norman Withers' deck for Think on Your Feet halfway through the campaign and the direction that the deck wants to go in for the rest of the campaign. So that part of the episode you're going to hear after this, but I've actually taken out the bit about the expo because since we recorded, the expo has now postponed until the end of August and... It's not really enough to say to people, oh, just be responsible with buying tickets. The situation is obviously developed around COVID-19, around the country, but also around the world. And the severity of it is such that one can't in good conscience say, oh, yeah, 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 just buy a ticket and be careful. You know, things have changed. So I've taken that bit out because there's no point in us banging on about an event we're not doing. And instead, I'm recording this little bit by way of explanation that we dive in. I think the episode will go on to a bit saying, Peter saying, what else have you got for me? And if you're wondering why that seems so odd, that's because we recorded a whole portion about the blob. And we we went into quite a lot of detail, not about the scenario itself, but about... The events were run, about reaching out to people if they hadn't been to events before, how they could contact us, about what they could expect, and also about things we've done in the past and and what we've learned from them and that kind of thing. So as ever, I think people know this about Drawn to the Flame. When we do events, we want to do them well, and we're quite reflective about what we're doing and want to share that process with you, the listener, and obviously welcome feedback. And in this instance, I don't think we can share that stuff with it really not being appropriate anymore so I've taken it down. Meanwhile Peter's also written a really good Facebook post I thought all about what we're up to at the moment and reaching out to you the listener saying if in this particularly tricky time there's more we can be doing as a podcast maybe there are particular episode types you really want to hear or yeah yeah I mean I suppose that's the main thing we can do or or maybe there's different things things that we can do or you know, if you want to just talk a little bit more than you'd normally do because of the situation, perhaps you're self-isolating, perhaps your work situation has completely changed, or if you're a student, maybe you're no longer at university and you're trying to fill the time. You know, this is having an impact on everyone, and you mustn't think that the content you consume, like things like this podcast, that we're not open to talking about it and that sort of thing. 
we're not going to turn the podcast into the COVID-19 podcast, obviously, but you can reach out to us and let us know. And I think particularly at this point, self-isolation and social distancing can have a profound impact on one's mental health. If you're already someone who's prone to anxiety or depression or otherwise has a you know a really strong social support network to give you mental health support, this could be a really troubling time for you. So it's really important that you keep an eye on that. It's also okay if you're finding it hard and it's good to reach out and get support online. And Arkham can be a great way of giving yourself a distraction, also giving yourself a topic to think about, thinking, okay, well, what's the new deck I'm going to work on? I don't want to go down into this um, me explaining to you how to look after your mental health. I'm obviously in no way qualified to do that, but I am open for talking about it, sharing ideas about it, and acknowledging that it could be really tricky. I also have a list of sort of places in the UK that you can reach out to. So if you need that, let me know. I can help. I'll probably find a place to post it. I've already mentioned the expo is not happening at the end of May. At the moment, it looks like it's happening on the weekend of the 21st to the 23rd of August this year. Obviously, all dependent on what happens over the next couple of months. And that is the same weekend as Tabletop Scotland. But as far as I understand it, and I, I only know this sort of secondhand, the UK Games Expo did liaise with Tabletop Scotland first before settling on that date. They haven't just kind of muscled their way in on that date. So there we go. If that's the sort of thing that you care about, just to know it's been done well. I think that's everything. Enjoy the rest of this episode talking about Norman. Get in touch if there's things you want from us and stay safe, obviously. Be in touch with your loved ones and be, you know, enjoy Arkham if you get the time to play. And here's the rest of the episode. Thank you. Right. What else have you got for me today, Frank? Well, now I'd like to talk about Think on Your Feet and particularly about the state of the Norman deck. Because we did that episode zero where we did the prologue and then you and I talked about the Norman deck before I went into the Witching Hour. Yes. And I have now played up to Wages of Sin, up to and completed Wages of Sin. So if you're a listener who's not yet caught up on Think on Your Feet, I am going to mention a couple of things that happen in that scenario. And if you don't want to be spoiled on them, I would stop listening now until you've caught up. But the purpose of this chat now is really to talk about where I go next with the deck. And I have a few different ideas and a kind of a little bit like that episode zero, Peter. I want to pitch the ideas to you and see what sticks and what you think is dreadful. So I've sent you the list. I'll put the list as well in the description here. So if you want to open it as well, listener, you can do and have a look. And Really, the salient points here are that I have four XP to spend, but also I have two physical trauma now, because in Secret Name and in Wages of Sin, I got defeated by damage, both times very annoyingly. So the two physical trauma, I think, is the bit, (laughs) Peter, that like this maybe has a really big impact on where we go now with XP expenditure. Yes. And this is sort of what I want to talk to you about. Frank, have you ever heard of rubber duck debugging? Have I spoke to you about this? No, go on. This is an interesting concept. So I, th- I, th- I think it's emerged in programming. Often you'll find when you're explaining a problem you've got with a program to someone else, as you're explaining it, you realize what the solution is. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I think most of us have had an experience like that. I mean, you're you're basically describing therapy <laughs> as well. <laughs> so what you're saying is therapists are... Well, you'll change your mind when I come on in a minute <laughs> to what I'm going to say okay. in a minute. Yeah. It's the requirement to put yourself in a position where you're explaining to someone who doesn't understand the build-up mm. to where you were and you'll have to explain something you've neglected to think about. Yeah. And that helps you get to the answer. So there's this, there's this thing called rubber duck de- debugging where you get a rubber duck... And when you've got a problem with your program, you explain it to the duck. Um, and then in, in explaining yeah. it to the duck, you know, you realize what the problem was. Uh, and that saves on the colleague's time <laughs> who was sitting there right. listening to you yeah. explain a problem. So I, I see you're suggesting I replace myself in the therapy room <laughs> with, with the rubber, rubber duck. duck. <laughs> I'm not quite sure what my clients would think of yeah. that. Yeah. So what I'm saying is, as you explain this deck to me, don't be surprised if you realise what you mm-hmm. want to do <laughs> without any input from me. I have a strong sense of it. Good. Of course. Okay. But I also like the idea of putting it out there and sort of, yeah, just seeing, I, I said before, like what lands with you. I think there's some really good options out there. Yeah. And it'll be really interesting just to see your your reaction to them. And I think I know which way I want to go with it, but I'm not I'm not settled yet. So I'm open to the idea of you saying that sounds ghastly or whatever it is. Okay, great. Much like an episode zero. I'll run over the list really quickly. Yes. Because obviously there's some Norman-related things that we need to bear in mind. So his five level zero mystic cards are one Delve Too Deep, two Ethereal Form, and two Premonition. And then for XP cards, I've got one Mists of Relair, level four, two Shriveling, level three, one Crystalline Elder Sign, level three. I've got two Storm of Spirits, level three, and one Ward of Protection, level two. The Ward of Protection, level two, is obviously a stepping stone to Ward five. Yeah. But that's it there. And then the rest of the deck, take a look. It's all kind of mystic good stuff, basically. So yeah, four XP. Probably the miss upgrade, if I want to call it that, is going up to a second Storm of Spirits because it's so useful for damage, but the token effect on Storm of Spirits, the negative token effect, is take two damage. Yes. And I only have four health to play with. Right. Yes. The other thing worth bearing in mind for Norman is that you're only allowed five level zero Mystic cards, as you well know. So one of the things I thought about doing was paying 2 XP to swap in 2 Deny Existence, level 0. But that would mean I would take out 2 Premonition, 2 Ethereal Form. Some, one of the... 2 of the Premonition, Ethereal Form and Delve Too Deep would have to come out if I want to put in some more level 0 Mystic cards. Right, okay. So, yeah. Well, I mean, the answer to me is obvious. Go on. It's 2 Defiance, level 2. Oh, Defiance, yeah. level 2. Boom, done. Ooh. 4 XP. Okay. End of episode... <laughs> thanks for listening everyone okay interesting interesting so that would mean that would be a way of getting around storm of spirits obviously yes and it is a skill card however which norman is not that much of a well skill. you are you are correct does also help of course with the mists and the shriveling yeah and yeah. potentially with premonition as it works with premonition yes it works with premonition and in fact as listeners who've heard the most recent episode will know, what happened in Wages of Sin was twice I premonitioned before I Storm of Spirits and saw Elder Things yep. and was like, uh-oh, I am not Storm of Spirits <laughs> now because it would have just been huge amounts of damage. So premonition actually did some really good work for me in terms of protecting me from negative token effects. 
Okay, so Defiance 2, that's a really good shout. Yeah, you know what? I, I think potentially uh, maybe a little bit of an underrated card, Defiance Level 2. Mm-hmm. I mean, just for people who, who don't know it off by heart like I do, you ignore yeah. all the effects of any of the special symbols, including the modifier, mm-hmm. and it gives a wild icon to the test. So that would help me with negative effects that I've put in my deck, Shriveling Mists and Storm. It wouldn't necessarily help me with the fact that I'm starting each scenario with only four health. No, absolutely not. It would it would mitigate your your storm of spirits, assuming you get mm-hmm. them both at the same time. Yeah. Anyway, right. That's besides the point. Yes, bear in yeah. mind. So <laughs> another option would be a bulletproof vest. Wow. I'm not using the body slot. Yeah. It's three XP. It costs two to play. So if I can play it off the top of the deck, it's just one resource. And that's wow, it's only two to play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it gives you plus four health. It's been a long time since, since I thought about Bulletproof Vest. Mm. And there's something quite cool about the idea of this, like, astronomer getting sliced in the chest and everyone thinks he's dead. His waistcoat, his sort of bulky waistcoat. Yeah, yeah. exactly, yeah. <laughs> and then he like, kind of pops open the buttons to reveal the Bulletproof <laughs> Vest. That's yeah. quite cool. That is quite cool, yeah. So that would just be a direct, I have issues with health, here is more health option, mm-hmm. uh, which I'm, I, I kind of like, think could be cool. The caveat around that is that things like Fate of All Fools in Circle Undone is direct damage. The Bulletproof Vest might be able to soak up other hits and things like that, but if I start yeah. just taking direct damage, I'm just just toast at that point. Um, mm-hmm. It's not very nice. And that's where Deny Existence is so useful because it, it can deal with all sorts of you know enemy attack damage. It can deal with damage off the encounter deck. It's just very useful. And if the plan is to end up with Deny Existence level 5, then that would be really good because I can take 2 damage and heal back to full health mid-scenario, potentially. So that's I guess that's another option. And then here is the, the Curveball third option, Spending two XP on Versatile. <laughs> yes, okay, I see where this is going. I think this is exactly what I had in my mind, but carry yeah. on. And we can then go crazy from there. So if we go Versatile, we could put in one extra card that doesn't follow Norman's deck building. So that could be a Perseverance or an Emergency Aid or a Second Wind, say. Yes. Any of those. It. We could also start running something like don't necessarily buy into this, medical texts or healing words. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, Hallowed Mirror is the one I was thinking. Hallowed Mirror, yeah. Hallowed Mirror does clash with the Crystalline Elder sign in my accessory slot. But yes, exactly. You could put Hallowed Mirror in and take good healing in that way. What you could even do is, is use the mirror to heal your trauma and then replace it with the Elder sign. Yeah. And the Elder sign now... We have there's two Hawkeye Folding Camera and Black Book and the Elder Sign that all essentially bump Norman's stats up to the fact that he, the point where he's just like insanely high for willpower and intellect. So actually, then I don't commit cards to tests. He's just like a sort of this divine mage kind of shriveling <laughs> everything in his path. So that's quite fun. the The other advantage, as I see it with Versatile, is that I also could add. It's also the four level zero. The four other cards that I put in that could be really impactful. Yeah. So I could go back to a second mine over matter if I wanted it. I could go back to a second working a hunch. I could also put in two cash 
because I'd been wondering about economy. The other thing I, I wondered about was putting in two Malison, because he's one ah. cost, two, two body with cancellation. Remind me the scope of the cancellation on Malison. When you draw an encounter card, drop a clue, shuffle the card back in and draw another card. And it's any encounter card that you draw. Pretty sure. I think it is, yes. Yeah, it is. When you draw an encounter card, exhaust Dr. William T. Mallison and place one of your clues in your location. Cancel the drawing of the card, shuffle it into the encounter deck, draw a new card. So that's even enemies that you draw. Yeah, exactly. He's even enemy cancellation. So, you know, two Mallison, a mind over matter and a hunch. This is all for two XP. And then my one out-of-faction choice, whatever that is, would just really nicely round out some of the sort of defensive capabilities of the deck. And then I'd still have two XP to play with. So if I wanted to swap for two Deny Existence, say, if I wanted to take the Premonitions out or take the Delve out for a, a Deny Existence, I could do that as well. Yeah. I mean, what you could do, yes, if you upgraded the Delve to Deep, you get that free swap, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. So you could turn Delve Too Deep into, say, Defiance Level 2, mm-hmm. add Versatile, then add one Mystic and three Seeker mm-hmm. Level 0 cards. So that leads on to Scott's suggestion. So bear yeah. Malison in mind as one option. Scott's suggestion was upgrade two of the Mystic Level 0 cards into Banish, because it's one XP. I could essentially upgrade a Delve and maybe an Ethereal form. And I've got more evasion tech then, and you know deals with enemies. And then when I take versatile, put in two Renfield as some of the versatile. <laughs> Is he playing to the playing to the crowd here? <laughs> so he knows you're going to ask me. Oh uh, yeah, people no, will always say yes I was going to ask you actually. But you know, I thought Malison was like Malison was where I was thinking. Man, that's really good. It's cancellation. It's soak. It's doing everything I kind of want. Want to if a card, and yeah. So Scott suggested. To yeah, to Renfield. I can't remember yeah, what his out of faction choice was. Was that sorry? Was was his suggestion also to use versatile? Yeah. So upgrade right. to two of the level zeros to banish, and then pay for versatile. And in the five cards that I get, two of them could be Renfield, which is a level zero card. But they would take the slot of the two level zero cards that uh, I had just got rid of. I mean, the thing with banish, of course, is that it's only a plus one boost to your uh your skill because it's adding agility and yeah willpower oh no sorry it's, no no, no. It's, use it's, your it's, willpower it's instead yeah it's yeah. dead yeah okay so <laughs> you'd upgrade delve and premonition into banish or stargazing something one xp and then versatile in emergency aid two times renfield and two seeker cards that would be that would be so his versatile would be two renfield Two good seeker cards, like a, a mind over matter and a hunch again, and an emergency aid. An emergency aid, he suggested, is good because he can play it from full value from turn one. Pay two, heal two damage straight away, get rid of the trauma. And then I've got soak in the form of Renfield. It's probably a bit more wacky. <laughs> yeah. I still like Soothing Melody, although you don't get the discount. Well, it's, it's zero, so you don't get yeah. a discount. Mm-hmm. But having three into your deck, also the draw the draw on Soothing Melody really helps make up for the fact you've got that thicker deck as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Norman goes through his deck so quickly with Rook 
and with his own inbuilt ability, that that's maybe not an issue. The accessory slot clash is is problematic. And I think that would be the challenge with Mallison or with Renfield, that if I put either of them down... And then You've got I, an ally slot clash. I've got an ally slot clash, exactly. Yeah. But I probably would feel pretty gung-ho about killing either of them off if I have Rook in hand. And in fact, that's their main job. You know, if I do a Storm of Spirits with Renfield down and pull a special token, I just kill Renfield and then play the Rook. With either with either option there, having just an event that will do the healing for me is maybe a nicer fit, right? That once yeah. you've got once you know an emergency aid or a second wind, you can basically play it whenever, as soon as you have a moment, and then you're back to business. If I loot my deck, I play it twice. Well, I think the versatile. I, I, I'm seeing that a lot. Mm-hmm. Versatile for a healing, either emergency aid, second wind, or hallowed mirror. Yeah. I think that's that's a common play. Yeah. Uh so I I don't think you're you're you know venturing into too unexplored territory mm-hmm. if you go that route. And honestly, I think whichever one you go for is probably going to be okay. Yeah. Say I do two Malison, two other good seeker cards and an emergency aid or a hallowed mirror, whichever it is, for my yes. versatile. I have 2 XP left then. Yes. I could just bank it. Because if I can get one XP in the next scenario, I can get a ward level five then. And, you know, I'd hope to get more than one XP in the following scenario. Or I could do yes, something uh, like yeah, that absolutely, yeah, as yeah. well. You know, I like the idea of stargazing as well as just uh, it's more cancellation, basically. Yeah, stargazing is a weird one solo. Mm, right? It is, it because is. Because you yeah. really want it earlier in the game. Yeah. But the extra action you get during the mythos phase is a far bigger percentage mm. of a turn so yeah. it's it's an extra third of a turn mm. rather than you know a sixth or, or smaller obviously you've banked that action to put it in there so you're just getting your action back sure yeah man shades of ali pali and the power of cancellation coming back to me now yeah. <laughs> but but the other thing about stargazing is that if you draw it what like two-thirds of the way through the game solo, mm-hmm. are you likely to draw it if it's ten cards down, which it could be? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, if you draw it from your deck and decide to play it, yeah. I mean, exactly knowing the length of a, a scenario is vital at that point. But you're like, I've only got four turns left, so... There's a less, yeah, less than 50% chance of, of exactly. this action coming back. Yeah, in the way that maybe, say, Banish, having a way of moving an enemy to the other side of the map... Is, that's as good as cancelling it. That's as good as shuffling it back into the deck, essentially. Yeah, Particularly if yeah. it doesn't hunt. You know, it's just gone. Uh, that could be really cool. So, yeah. I'm not... <laughs> I feel like I haven't helped at all here. No, you have. You have, you have. It's good to put it. You've been the perfect rubber duck. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. It's the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. <laughs> I think it also illustrates that there is no obvious right way. Like, it feels like versatile is the right play here. Can I just say, you were so down on Versatile. I was very down on Versatile. I remember you phoned me up when Versatile was announced and you said, yeah, do you know anyone who wants to buy a full collection, Peter? Because this card is the death of the game. <laughs> when you said, when I phoned you up, I was thinking, I'm pretty sure I didn't phone you up. This is getting... <laughs> I'm glad you doubled down on that. Yeah, and, and remember what I also said in my poultry defence? If people could find good examples of where Versatile would help, I'd be willing to give it a try. 
And this yeah. is a good example, <laughs> you know? And I'm definitely not going to uh, cut my nose off to spite my face and say versatile wouldn't work here. Like I have a specific problem with this deck, two physical trauma. I w- have no issues with card draw or with a thicker deck because Norman is so amazing. And versatile definitely fits that, fixes that problem. And it does it in a creative way. So like, I'm sold. Yeah. The other thing, of course, is that you could, whichever way you go, either if you're adding the Malisons or you're adding the Soothing Mirror, mm. with if you bank the 2 XP, you could buy Relic Hunter or Charisma after the next game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very true. Yeah. Similarly, if I did uh, if I did the Renfield player, I'd already spent the 2 XP. Renfield and Rook is a quite well-known pairing, isn't it? It's like, get any cards you need, get any resources you need. Yeah. Yeah. Kill Renfield whenever you cast a spell. Yeah, I mean, Renfield is good value in terms of the soak you get from him in this deck. Yeah. yeah. I gives, mean, to an extent... like 50% of my health. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's half of a bulletproof vest. Yeah. Yeah, that's true as well, yeah. My, my issue with bulletproof vest is it is it does nothing else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I suppose my issue with Defiance 2 is that it protects against things I'm doing actively, but it doesn't protect against just chip damage that comes out. And Circle Undone really likes to just kick you in the balls for no reason. Yeah, yeah. Although you've got to look at Defiance as, I think someone's done the maths. I think even Defiance level one is almost equivalent to a Unexpected Courage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Defiance level two is a bit better than that. So it's it, in general, it's helping you pass tests. And it's wild as well, so it's yeah, helping you pass yeah. any test. I mean, Norm- Norman does not have issues with passing tests. Just as a, no, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying about defiance. I'm just saying Norman passing. Like I'm thinking about losing the premonitions because of how good Norman is at passing tests. When you do a premonition and you're already four up, yeah. At that point, so, you're just checking that there's nothing negative going to happen. So what you're saying, Frank, ironically enough, to the idea of defiance is no. <laughs> Exactly, Peter. Yeah. Well, I, I feel we're rambling a little bit now. Yeah. I, I'm happy <laughs> to you, bring this to a close. Do you want to put a bow on this? Mm-hmm. So what, what you're going to do is the question. Do you know? I'm going to think about it a little bit more. Yeah. And it's probably going to be versatile. And it'll either be the double banish Renfield versatile or the Malison emergency aid one, I think. I think ally, because my accessory slot is get Crystalline Elder Sign down, and don't it doesn't take damage, it doesn't get discarded, it just sits there being awesome. That makes me a little bit more wary about Hallowed Mirror in the way that Rook and whichever other ally need to die and part of their job is death. Sorry, guys. <laughs> so like I can see the, the ally slot churning a little bit more than the accessory slot. Yeah, yeah. And I think to an extent Malison is nice because you've got uh both the camera and Crack the case in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Although the camera is limit once per location. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it could be just that you missed it when you didn't have the camera in play. But, you know, you've got cracked the case, so. Yeah. And Malison off the top of the deck costs zero for a 2-2 soak. God, he, he's so good. <laughs> Even just as a soak, he's so good. That's like the same value as Bulletproof Fest, but split over one card. Yeah. Split, sorry. Um, damage Split into two cards, yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. Okay, right. Well, yeah, it sounds like you've got a plan. 
Well, listeners, if you're listening to this and you can think of a really obvious other upgrade for 4XP to help Norman with his two physical trauma, let me know. Send us a message. We're on drawn to the flame podcast at gmail.com. We're drawn to the flame on Twitter and Facebook. And we're also on Patreon and Designed by Humans. If you're taking part in Think on Our Feet, where patrons play along with Think on Your Feet, jump on that channel that we have on the Discord. Let me know if I'm missing something obvious. And, you know, you could maybe sway me before I next record. It'd be good to do it. Peter, how can people get in touch with you? I'm United everywhere. That's U-N-I-T-L-E-D. I'm on Twitter and Reddit sometimes and Discord. I'm also on Instagram as the.unitled. How about you, Frank? I'm around the place as FB or FEB or Zooey Glass or Zozo. Come say hi. Thanks very much for listening. Thank you. Antia left the temple and sought the bazaar of the sheep butchers, where the old chief of Selephius cats dwelt sleek and contented. That grey and dignified being was sunning himself on the onyx pavement and extended a languid paw as his caller approached. But when Antia repeated the passwords and introductions furnished her by the old cat general of Ulthar, the furry patriarch became very cordial and communicative and told much of the secret lore known to cats on the seaward slopes of Uthnagar. That will have picked up some cats fighting, <laughs> ironically enough. Amazing. <laughs> I quite like the phrase furry patriarch. <laughs> This, I reflected, must be the Magnus Ostra mentioned by the ticket agent. And even before I noticed any details, there spread over me a wave of spontaneous aversion, which could be neither checked nor explained. It suddenly struck me as very natural that the local people should not wish to ride on a bus owned and driven by this man, or to visit any oftener than possible the habitat of such a man and his kinsfolk. Sorry, I had to pause there for the word oftener. Yeah, yeah. Any oftener than possible. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Nice. Thanks. Thanks, Howard. <laughs> it's the Innsmouth bus driver, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember what he's called. If you tell me his name, I'll. I'll... Old Buggy Eyes, the freaky yeah. fish man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Foreshadowing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. He looked a lot like a fish. <laughs> <laughs>